Hey, gang, happy Friday, November 15th, 2019. Uh, welcome to the Sidebar Show as we kick off the weekend. I am so ready for the weekend. I don't know about you all. Jay, you ready for the weekend? Heck yeah. Heck yes, says Jason. He is so ready for the weekend. Um, so let me tell you what we got coming up today. Uh, very first guest, Stephen Fales, Confession of a Mormon Boy. He has a, tw- a show that's been running for 20 years. It's kind of his life story about being gay about being Mormon and it's played everywhere from off-Broadway in New York all over the country. It's a one-man show where he sings and dances and acts and, and tells his story. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And he's out in uh, out in Palm Springs now and uh, and putting on his show out there. But I've known him, I don't even know, 15, 20 years maybe now, but he, he'll be calling in. And of course, the Mormon church has gone through incredible change. Um, back in the early days of Joseph Smith, there was no mention of homosexuality at all in the Mormon church. And it wasn't until 1950s with McCarthyism that they decided to do, join the dog pile and jump on the homos like everybody else. And then they went from, okay, you can be homosexual, you just can't do anything about it, you can't even think about it, if you think about it, it's a sin, to where they are now, which is, okay, you're here, gay is good, we accept you, we won't discriminate against you, but marriage outside of a man and a woman is considered an apostate, and so we will not recognize your same-sex marriages. Uh, and, and they've come a long way, and I, so I'm curious to talk to Stephen about all that, because he wrote this show at a time when it was barely the beginning of, okay, we will tolerate you <laughs> to where, where they are now. Hey, it's a work in progress, all these churches. Uh, all right, that's Stephen Fales. He's our first guest. And then uh, Mark Gonzalez is coming in studio. He's the, the county chairman of the California Democratic Party here in Los Angeles. The, the California Democrats are meeting in Long Beach all weekend, and they've got all the presidential candidates popping in. Well, all of it, all except two, Elizabeth Warren and uh, Bernie Sanders will not be there, but all the others are popping in. And so want to hear from Mark about what he's thinking about the presidential race and, uh, and the California primary being so early and how the race is shaping up. And he's just a really smart cookie. It's always good to hear from him about his take on things that are happening around the country and locally. And then uh, to finish the show, it's almost the holidays. You know what that means? Eating. Lots of eating of everything. And so how do you maintain your good physical health and mental health uh, around the holidays, uh, given all the very bad food choices that exist? And uh, I, ha- I mean, I'm going to indulge in Christmas tamales. I always do. But, I, you know, how do we uh, stay in shape, relatively uh, stay in shape anyway, with the holidays coming up? So we've got three uh, physical health experts, uh, T.J. Wilk, uh, who uh, was a, a model for Ambicron. And Fitch, uh, a straight ally. See, Jason, you won't be the only straight guy in the room. Now there'll be two of you. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> and uh, and then we've got uh, Kristen Valiker and Jefferson Hendricks from The Phoenix Effect, uh, lesbian and gay man. Uh, so we're going to have lesbian, gay, straight all together here talking about physical fitness and health and uh, trying to stay slim and trim during the holidays and not letting your Trumper, Uncle Harry, annoy you over Thanksgiving. <laughs> dinner when he wants to talk politics oh i can hardly wait i have everyone's got a few in the family i do and i'm like i don't want i don't engage 
Don't look them in the eye. Don't feed the plants. Don't let them defend Donald Trump. This is going to end badly. But we are watching here today. It's just happened in the last hour. Roger Stone, uh, who is Donald Trump's longest standing political consultant, was just convicted of seven federal felony counts, uh, five lying to Congress and obstructing justice. Uh, he faces up to 50 years in federal prison for those seven convictions. Uh, he's you know probably in his mid 70s so even a 10 year or 15 year sentence could mean the rest of his life in prison and so uh, he got convicted today and what does that mean as another one of the president's henchmen gets convicted by the rule of law and all this of course is going on while the impeachment hearings are happening in Washington DC with ambassador uh, I'm gonna butcher her name Volovich maybe I got most of the syllables in there um, is testifying and it is uh, I was listening to it as I was was driving the studio and you know she's holding up under fire and uh the i mean the gop they are trying to distract and get people to think that somehow there's something wrong with the process even though a public hearing is exactly what they demanded just last month well, no more secret meetings they weren't secret meetings they were closed depositions which is how you do an investigation before you open it to the public now it's out in the public and they're complaining they don't like it out in public either well of course not because all evidence points to the fact that the president of the United States committed extortion and bribery, uh, withholding uh, military help for the Ukraine in exchange for getting a promise out of the new president of the Ukraine that they would try to find dirt, some dirt, on the Biden family, thinking Biden's likely to be his opponent in next year's election. And, of course, Rudy Giuliani, who went from being America's mayor to Trump's stooge uh, in the center of it all, and uh, it just goes to prove that book that I'm going to read when I buy a copy, Everything Trump Touches Dies. Roger Stone is on his way to federal prison. Rudy Giuliani, better lawyer up because he's in the center of an impeachable offense. Uh, General Flynn is uh, supposed to head to prison soon. Paul Manafort is in prison. Uh, Michael Cohen is in prison. All the president's henchmen being rounded up one at a time. And if you hadn't figured it out yet, uh, Republican uh, inner circle people, Donald Trump will not stand by you. He will deny knowing you. I don't know that guy. We barely knew each other when you were part of the inner circle because the man has got no moral center, no values, no principles, would probably throw his own family members under the bus in order to move himself forward and his profiteering forward. But... You know what? It, the reckoning is a coming in 2019 and will continue throughout 2020. So when we come back, first up, Stephen Fales' Confession of a Mormon Boy. Thanks for tuning in here on Channel Q. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Hello from the Book of Mormon. That welcomes our next guest, Stephen Fales, Confessions of a Mormon Boy. Hi, Stephen. I, I was never in the Book of Mormon, but I do have to chuckle. <laughs> Every time I hear that song, hello, I love it. It makes me laugh. Welcome, Stephen. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So I was telling our guests before you popped on that Confessions of a Mormon Boy has been around almost 20 years. I can't believe it. 20 years, Stephen. Yeah. You know, it started in 2001 in Salt Lake City uh, where I first premiered it. And I was, you know, at the time, the first gay Mormon to, to tell his story on stage. So I, uh, I just kept going and going. And I've done other plays, but I've brought it, I have brought it back because it just seems timely now to keep going. So well, And there's a trip. Trilogy, Confessions of a Mormon Boy, Missionary Position, which makes me laugh every time I see the title, and then the Prodigal Father, Prodigal Father, I think? Or? Prodigal Dad. Prodigal, prodigal dad. dad. So, yeah, Missionary Position was all about my mission to Portugal, and it's the prequel to Confessions, and it was, you know, I was developing it 2002. 2009, 2010, and then the Book of Mormon came along, and I just kind of had to just be quiet, because once once South Park enters the room, you just, you know, we'd all just have to kind of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> pay, pay, bow to the power. We are not worthy. It is the South Park guys. <laughs> you, you have a very interesting story. You were, after your mission to Portugal, you got married to a woman and had yeah. two children, right? You were fulfilling your Mormon duties. Yeah, doing all the Mormon milestones, BYU, uh, you know, all the priesthood, all the seminary. And uh, But I was a musical theater kid, and I wanted to be the Osmonds, you know? Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I did just about everything you can do in Mormonism, even married in the temple. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? Why well, you came out. Well, what, 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 what happened? Well, it, this was the year 2000, and when I came out, I lost everything. I lost uh, custody of my kids. My marriage fell apart, of course. After all the conversion therapy, I did so much of it with many of the, the heads of state of the ex-gay movement. And uh, I went reeling because all my identities, you know, it was spiritual abuse and religious violence that I was experiencing, and it, it devastated me. So I ran away to New York with my pain and anger and, and just, you know, started to... Uh, 
you know, self-destructing in a world of drugs and, and escorting. And the show is about how I got my smile back and I got my life back. Now, so, kids, if you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, go Google Confessions of a Mormon Boy and you will see that Stephen Fales is freaking hot. He is gorgeous. You're a gorgeous <laughs> Mormon boy, Stephen Fales. You are. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, I'm just like any other smiling Mormon out there. <laughs> but I, we've had guests on the show uh, who, of course, were part of the reparative therapy and the ex-gay movements. And, of course, it never worked. It doesn't work. And it, it is a form of abuse, psychological abuse, to, to really go after somebody's core, their spirituality, and tell them they've got to change or they're destined for eternal punishment in hell. And they can't. And they can't. It's it's such yeah, it, horrible you know, this, stuff. This new reparative therapy was very seductive in the early and this reparative therapist named Joseph Nicolosi wrote this book that became the White Bible for Focus on the Family, and the Mormons picked it up. And it was, it was a way to try to make, with pseudoscience, to try to make, you know, the Bible right about everything. So, um, yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't electroshock therapy, but it was, it was repackaged, and I was, it was the perfect storm. And a lot of us uh, were caught up in that. And now we're on the other side, and it doesn't. It doesn't say it's change your same-sex attraction. And, uh, yeah, so you're right. I did a little research on um, the Mormon church and homosexuality in preparation for our show, because we actually prepare here at the sidebar. We get a little preparation (laughs) done in advance. I can tell. This is awesome. Joseph Smith, uh, who's the founder of Mormonism, uh, actually didn't say much of anything about homosexuality. In fact, it was rumored that his son, David, was a gay child and uh really the mormon church didn't say anything other than well look in the bible it's over there somewhere in leviticus or somewhere in the the new testament but it wasn't until the 1950s at the height of mccarthyism where suddenly the elders in the mormon church decided to join the campaign against homosexuals i found that really interesting you know why I think this is? Is because Mormonism, you know, was it's been you know called a cult for so long, and they want to be mainstream. So one of the ways to try to become legit Christianity was to take on the homophobia of the other the other Christian sects. See, see, we're just as homophobic as you. You see, yeah. so <laughs> we can beat up on the gays too. <laughs> yeah, we so, are God, you know, we are Mormonism, godly. Watch us. <laughs> yeah, Mormonism is in a quest to become the Christian. Brand, but you know the born agains. No one else wants the Mormons because they're just still a cult to them. So it makes Mormons want to cry. They want to be legit. So let's be as homophobic as everyone else. Wow, that that is so amazing. I was reading uh, kind of a history of how Mormons have treated homosexuality, and they went from a place of, okay, this is really bad and abhorrent, until about 1999. And in 1999, and of course, I don't know the names of the bishops or the elders or the leaders. You you may know, Stephen, but they kind of got to a place of, okay, well, not everybody's so awful. Gays are okay. And but but you still, you still, you still, if you're gonna be homosexual, you can you cannot practice it. You must be abstinent. In fact, you can't even think about it and, and masturbate. I mean, all that would be evil still. When you can have a sexual orientation, just don't do anything about it. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I was formally excommunicated, though, in the year 2000. So I was still one of the casualties. You know, when you're formally excommunicated, it's this church court where you go in and they, they, they try you and the charge is homosexuality. And, uh, you know, it's this medieval barbaric cult tactic that isn't happening as much anymore because I started telling my story. I'm like, this is what is going on. And when it was happening, write about this. So, you know, uh, we, we telling our stories helps to move this, this uh, move progress forward. When you were uh, excommunicated in 2000, I, I mean, I'm not sure you're allowed to talk about this. I don't know if these are like secret church hearings that you're forever, you know, prohibited from talking about, but you said it was a trial. So it, it sounds like an ecclesiastical trial where, where you're, yeah. put, you're put on church. Is there a jury or is there just a judge who decides whether it's true or not? Technically, there are six for and six against. It's like 12 high councilmen there. And then it's the stake president and his assistants and the secretary. And you're there around this oak table. And I take us, you know, the cornerstone of confessions is, is this uh, ecclesiastical disciplinary court where they call it a court of love, but really it's meant to uh, ruin your life. Because if you're excommunicated, you're really banished. My parents, you know, were trying to be loving, but everyone pulled away. And I, I was left very vulnerable because I had no support anymore. My ex-wife, you know, and here's an interesting thing. My ex-wife's mother was Carolyn Pearson, which was, you know, she wrote this book about bringing her ex-husband home to die of AIDS in 1983, 84. So there's just so much of of three-dimensional Mormondom in my story, and uh, I'm rambling now, but uh, we're doing it in Palm Springs right now. That's awesome. That that's really awesome. I, I you know I'm just because I've I've only particip I actually participated in ecclesiastical trial once with a, a born again Christian who was being excommunicated. This is way back oh. in the 80s, in the early part of my law practice. But what was wow. the evidence that they brought against you? Your admission that you were a homosexual, or other people reporting that you were a homosexual? What happened is I started to experiment after all the therapy, nothing was going away. So I thought, you know, let's, let me see, let me act on this a little bit. And it was a form of adultery. But when I turned myself in, you know, because my wife and I, I, I kind of came, I came clean to her. And I'm not proud of the fooling around, but it wasn't a long time. I think I had a few blowjobs and it was just like just fumbling. So I, I call the bishop and they just call me in, uh, then the stake president. And it's just my total totally going to them to try to like, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to keep my family together. I'm confused. They pull me in and out I go. And it was, um, you know, there were no, you know, like lovers present. Um, it's, it, I, I volunteered and then they excommunicated me, uh, which is the most severe form. I mean, it's, this is reserved for like murderers and, you know, this was just like, it was, the punishment did not fit the crime, and there was no crime. I was just figuring myself out. So uh, there we go. I mean, it seems so severe, and we see this in a lot of churches, not just the Mormon church, but other churches, where the church is the center of one's being, one's family, one's social relations. Everything centers around the church. And to have all that taken away, your your parents, your wife, your ex-wife, your wife, your kids, your social uh, relationships, your, your regular calendar and schedule, and your cast out. 
I can't imagine you, anything more cruel. I can't imagine anything more cruel to do well, to a person. This, this is happening all over the world. So I was in uh, South Africa this summer doing the show, arts festival, and then in Cape Town. And these guys were coming up to me after the show saying, this is my Afrikaans Dutch reform story. You are telling my story. It becomes uh, the Jewish story. Anywhere where there's spiritual abuse and religious violence, I'm here to, like, wave the flag. And so I, I literally I was just in Norway. I go back to Australia in February. I'll be going to India, Taiwan. I'm on a mission so that these things don't happen in the other cultures as well. I, this is why I love you, Stephen Fales. we got to take a commercial break. When we come back, more from Stephen Fales and his Confessions of a Mormon Boy. Thanks for tuning in here on Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Turn it off from the Book of Mormon. Welcome back, Stephen Fales. Good to have you on the show. <laughs> hey, thanks so much. So uh, we were talking before the break about uh, about you being excommunicated, but then you ended up on the streets of New York City because you were a musical theater kid and seemed probably instinctual. <laughs> Go to New York, you know, and write about it. But if I'm doing my math here, you got excommunicated in 2000. Within one year, you created this work of art that's now in 18, 19 years and running and counting all over the world. That's, well, yeah, that's pretty yeah. amazing. Well, I was overachieving at the time, but I was in a hurry. And I'll tell you one of the reasons I started writing my story. I was afraid that if I were to die, there would be no one I trusted to tell my kids who I was and how much I loved them. Mm. So this was about a dad racing against time because, you know, what, what I, you know, the mapping I had was that you come out, you get AIDS and die. And um, I did not want my kids to be left without uh, a valentine from their father. So that's one of the reasons I, I got to work. Yes, we got a big cheer out of that. <laughs> so, sorry, my producer's got the sound effects at his fingertips, so I just, there we go. <laughs> He's doing fireworks for you. Uh, but you know, one of the things that happened to me is I was so vulnerable and broke, and I took my MFA in acting, my Master of Fine Arts, and I'd been to the University of Connecticut, and, and I was at, you know, I did you know, I wanted to be in the course of, of any show that would take me on Broadway, but I got sidetracked and I was uh, I went into survival mode. I, I I I answered an ad for an escort agency in the back of the ads uh, in the rags, and I got swept away in a ferocious gay adolescence that I barely survived. So. 
So the show is about going from one extreme uh, to another extreme and then finding a middle ground and what it is to uh, to smile from within. Yeah, and, and uh, we see this with a lot of kids who come out of very religious upbringings. I don't care which religion, Judaism or, or Muslim or, or Christian. They are so deeply immersed in religion that when that's taken from under them, they end up committing suicide or turning to drugs and alcohol or if the, the, the time and place are right, into prostitution, homelessness. I mean, it's, yeah. it's such a tragedy to watch people cast their children out like this. But you, yes, re- but you also, rebounded. I'm so happy you rebounded. Well, one of the things, too, is I was also, here's the, the controversy of the show. It's not the sex. It's not the chem sex. It's not all this stuff. The show really is about how I learned to stop playing the victim. And I made, yeah, I was a victim of certain circumstances, and I went through a lot, but there was this way of being that was keeping me back and keeping, my, keeping me from moving ahead. So the show has this dramatic moment at the end, and it was directed by Jack Hoffsis, who won a Tony Award for The Elephant Man, and we created this moment. And that's why the show has an endured, is that after all is said and done, I take responsibility for my life, and we rebuild it. And yeah, so I have a lot of clues about uh, life that I'm trying to to um, share with with other uh, my gay brothers and sisters. So, Stephen, we estimate that at any moment in time, there's about 30,000 people listening around the country right now. And a lot of them are young people in small towns who listen online on radio.com. And I imagine that some of these kids are isolated and young and probably highly religious. And what you're saying right now is probably triggering some reaction within them. So if you were talking to a young LGBT person who was raised in a highly religious background and is feeling desperate or despondent or isolated or alone, what would you say to him or her? I would say it does get better, but there are things that you want to not do. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better because we don't want to make it worse before we get better. So beware. Be very careful of, um, you know, the drugs and where alcohol can take you. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, you can't have an adolescence, but, you know, make the best choices for yourself. And, um, you know, you have to... You have to, I, don't, I hate to sound conservative um, because I, I'm, I'm a progressive, but you, you have to take responsibility for your own life and your own happiness and um, whatever that means for you. You have to dig deep and it's, it's, it can, you have to be willing to work really hard and do without fabulous. You know, sometimes we want the fabulous stuff right away and we're willing to take shortcuts to get there. It's okay to work hard and do without some things. Uh, as you build your life, you get your education, you get those goals that are really going to take you forward. I would just say, uh, hang in there and don't make it worse before it gets better. You know, you are a good Mormon dad to a whole lot of people. You are a good Mormon dad. Your show is... And you know what? We all need a dad. And, yes. you know, another thing, I have this show called Cult Model about being a cultaholic. All these cults out there, we're all looking for a healthy mom or dad. So, yeah, find those healthy ones before you enter a cult. <laughs> <laughs> your show is now playing in Palm Springs. How long is your show running, and, and where, where can you get ticket information? 
Every Storytelling Tuesday is right now in Palm Springs. We're at the Hotel Zoso. Tickets are at mormonboyexperience.com. Tickets to all my shows, including where we'll be playing in Melbourne in February. So here at the Hotel Zoso, every Tuesday night. That's really, really awesome. And, and, and you have a website, too, that where people can get more information about you? Yeah, yeah, mormonboyexperience.com, and it will take you to Mormon Boy Off-Broadway that has all the reviews from, you know, and endorsements. Judith Light has loved it, and Lucy Arnaz has loved it, and John Duran has loved it. So go check out. Go check out the website. Oh, that's really cool, babe. You know, I was looking at uh, the Mormon Church's current teachings on homosexuality, and they have come a long way in a very short period of time. And I think that you were one of those prophets uh, that has carried the water for a whole lot of people, Stephen Fales. You, you are one of those people that made change happen in that church. Another is Wendy Montgomery. I don't know if you've run across her. She's a big Morma, Mormon mama bear, as she describes herself. Uh, yeah, she is. She's an ally. Yeah, Wendy Montgomery. Her, her son, Jordan, came out as gay in, I think, junior high or high school, and he was about to go through all sorts of horrible excommunication or whatever they do to minors, and she's like, not to my baby, and yeah. uh, I think she ultimately—I think she ultimately left the church. But I admire her so much. I admire you so much. You are going into those places where you know weak women and men fear not tread because you're taking on history and institution and a lot of very powerful people. So hats off well, to you, Stephen Fails. <laughs> thank you so so very much. Best of luck, break a nail on your show. I hope when you're in West Hollywood, you're going to call me. I would love to see you for coffee or lunch. I miss seeing you, Stephen. Oh, thank you so, so much. And uh, keep smiling, everybody. <laughs> All right. That's our Mormon boy. When we come back, we'll be talking to the County Democratic Party Chairman Mark Gonzalez about the upcoming convention here on Channel Q. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Happy days are here again, the Democratic Party theme song, fight song. We're here with Mark Gonzalez, the chairman of the Los Angeles County Democratic Party. Welcome, Hello, Mark. good morning. Thank you for coming back. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You've got a big convention this weekend. What's it, Tell us what's happening. There's over 3,000 statewide Democratic delegates coming down to Long Beach uh, starting today. And we're, it's our endorsing convention is what we've got uh, this weekend. Oh, wow. Yes. yes. Applause <laughs> for that. Does yeah, that mean the delegates are possibly going to endorse somebody for president? Or? Uh, no, so we don't endorse for president. Good. But we are having, yes, <laughs> no, no, no. The difference scared is, me for a second. Yeah, no, no. The difference is we do not, our bylaws show that we do not endorse for president. So LA County Democratic Party does not and the state party does not. Okay. So we wait till we have our primary election and then we go with our nominee. Oh, Oh, yeah. very, very yeah. cool. So we don't do that. So presidential uh, ambitious people are coming to Long Beach. Who, who's coming to the convention? Uh, I know who's not coming, which oh. is uh, Joe Biden and uh, Elizabeth Warren are not oh, coming. Now, I, Joe Biden, he was just in Los Angeles. He, he was, was in Los LA Angeles Trade. yesterday. I think yeah. he had a fundraiser. I think he was doing a grassroots event at mm. LA Trade Tech, but he's not coming to convention, apparently. Mm. So mm. we'll miss him, but that's okay. We've got other great candidates there. Kamala Harris, our U.S. Senator. Yes. We were just talking about her. Pete Buttigieg will be there as well. Kamala is going to hang out in a gay bar in Long Beach 
speech I heard, right? She's going to be Hamburger Mary's. I think she's hosting an event there. Yeah, yeah Hamburger actually. Mary's. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that. She knows her roots. She knows her group. <laughs> I love that. Love yeah. that. And Pete Buttigieg is coming. And Pete Buttigieg is coming, yeah. Klobuchar, I assume. Klobuchar, and, yeah. And, uh, Steyer and uh, who knows? Steyer, yeah. A whole, a whole plethora. Now, are you? Is this this is not your first convention. I assume you've done a lot of these, huh? Oh wow, I didn't even think about that till you said it. It's probably it's well over ten. I know that for sure. Wow. And tell, are you excited or are you are you dreading parts? Yeah, of I'm it excited. Or? I think what I want you to know the, the uniqueness is this is our second convention this year, and the reason why we're having an early convention is because we moved up our primary from uh, what typically would be June to March of 2020, and so because of, of you know having to get the endorsement process for assembly members and congressional members, right. and ballot measures have to be in now uh, in order for our time you know for the, the March correct because the uniqueness of this year is that uh, vote by mail ballots go out before the Iowa New Hampshire caucuses. Wow. California. So California plays a huge role in 2020, and that's why folks are coming here all the yeah, time. Yeah, I've heard that California is trying to go to an all-vote-by-mail uh, yeah, no, election I think, process. I think we're encouraging people to do that and taking those steps to do that, but it's, you know, L.A. County is one-third of the voting base of the state, so that's it's going to take a while for L.A. to get to what, that point. 10 million people in L.A. Yeah, County? Yeah, 10 million, 2.7 million Democrats. Yeah, that's amazing. 2.7 million Democrats, but you know, some of our legislators have changed some of the laws that allow folks to turn in their ballot and get them postmarked on that day, which is a pro in the sense of you know most democrats vote late will get it in to the um you know mailboxes by election day right uh but then it takes a little while to count yeah, yeah. let's do some presidential handicapping if you don't mind sure. playing, playing a game with me so i you know my listeners know i i endorse kamala harris early because she's our hometown girl yeah. our u.s senator That's in great. california but i looking at iowa which goes first Pete Buttigieg is in a dead heat with uh, Bernie Sanders, I think it is. Yeah, he's doing really well. So Pete Buttigieg, our openly gay candidate, yep. may actually win Iowa. That's uh, amazing. You know what? I That'd be very exciting if that happened. It would be a game changer, that's for sure. It would be. It yeah. would be. And yeah. then after Iowa, they head to uh, no, no, New Hampshire. New Hampshire, yeah. Now, what, what? how would you handicap who's got the advantage in New Hampshire? Some of the people like the Sanders, I mean, Sanders and Warren are both from Vermont and Correct. Massachusetts Correct. and I, I mean I think they'll do well. I mean I'll be very surprised if he up you know holds in Iowa. If he holds in Iowa, I think that might be a game changer for how New Hampshire will go. Huh. Uh, but at the end of the day, my frustration with those states has always been they're so small. I think there's, I more, there's more people in this office building than there are there in Iowa <laughs> in sometimes. All of Iowa. You know? I, they're going to be the deciders. I but know. that's why California is on the March, you know, March primary. And that's why we want to make that huge difference in the, in the right. nation. South Carolina. Yeah. Probably Joe Biden because of the large African American population staying yeah. very loyal to Obama Biden. Yeah. And then they go to Nevada. And I imagine Harry Reid. Harry Reid kind of controls the unions around Clark County yeah. and Las Vegas. Yeah. Has he endorsed anybody? Is he you put know, his not, machinery? Not off the top of my head. I can't recall if he has just or not. Curious but that would be very interesting Nevada to see how goes. that. Yeah, exactly. But we are going to be sending a lot of our folks to Nevada as well. Mm. Uh, for the caucuses that they're going to be uh, oh, having cool. early next year, yeah. And then it's Super Tuesday, March 3rd or 2nd, yep, whatever. March 3rd. March 3rd, 2020. Yep. And there's like a dozen states that weigh in, including yep. California. I mm -hmm. mean, to me, that's like a national primary. It it's a huge... Like, we're going to have unprecedented amounts of people who are going to turn out that day. Right. We've got a lot of folks excited and energized and ready to go. And we also have to make sure that we monitor those polls and make sure that, that, that they are open and they are serving our voters. Right. There's a good chance, too, maybe more than half of the people running for president may get knocked out then by March 3rd, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think I think at some point the writing will be on the wall. If they can't raise the money, they just, they've got to get out. So, And also, Los Angeles is hosting a Democratic debate, as you know, oh. or a forum. I should, was it a forum or a debate? Huh. Town hall, excuse Town me. Town hall, okay. Double-check that. There's 
There are various ways when is to say it, when that. When does that happen? That'll happen in December 19th at uh, Loyola Marymount, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. December nineteenth, and have, what's the RSVPs? Are they all coming? Or uh, d- I believe so. Yeah, they're all coming. So wow. they'll be at Loyola Marymount. So that'll be that'll be huge for Los Angeles to be hosting that town hall with. Uh, I think it's PBS is who's hosting. That. Yeah. yeah. I'm. You know, I'm curious. I always like asking people about this because okay, here we are. Roger Stone just got convicted. I just saw morning. that. Yeah, seven right counts, yeah. right, including lying to Congress, obstruction of justice. All the henchmen around Donald Trump are going down in conviction. Paul yep. Manafort, Michael Cohen, now Roger Stone. And yet, Yas Queen. Yas Queen. Exactly. exactly. I love it. And yet, <laughs> and yet, uh, the the base uh, are, uh, around Donald Trump is holding so sure. Like these Republicans, they don't. All of this doesn't seem to matter. But that's what Republicans them. do. They stick to you know. They stick to their BS. Oh my God! I else. You know, I, yeah. You almost and you would be yes, bleeped. Yes, yeah, we've yes, been yes, using yes, the yes. censor button like crazy today. <laughs> yes. But uh, to me, you know, looking back at Nixon, you know, Nixon. I guess initially the Republicans stuck by Nixon, but then it's some point the republicans in the congress said yeah. that the yeah. institution that the constitution things were much more important than any partisanship and they came about do you think that's going to happen uh i don't know I, I i would hope so but they're still sticking by him which i don't get i don't get it either but they think he's going to win which is why they're sticking by him that i think that's right i think they think he's going to win yeah. and so i think they fear him yeah uh, i don't know if you saw liz cheney dick cheney's daughter who's a member of congress i think from wyoming yeah yeah she came out today saying that it was wrong for Donald Trump to be attacking the ambassador from the Ukraine and that he shouldn't be tweeting about it. That tells me she's not afraid of him. Yeah. That the Cheney name, the Cheney trademark in Wyoming is so strong. She knows she'll get She's not afraid of a primary. She's fine. Of a Trump primary. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's fine with that, but I think there are others who are just worried. Yeah, and they do fear him. I would agree with that. Wow. All right. When we come back, more about politics. We're talking to Mark Gonzalez, the chairman of the Los Angeles County Democratic Party. Thanks for tuning in here on Channel Q. Talking about a revolution, and we're talking to Mark Gonzalez, the chairman of the Los Angeles County Democratic Party. Mark, are you? Um, is this the largest uh, Democratic Party chairmanship in the country? I would say so. Yeah, I got two point seven million Democrats. As yeah. I said, I think we're more than Iowa. And the fact that it's uh, headed up by an openly gay man is wonderful. First Latino openly gay man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, yeah, that yeah. that's really awesome. It's been, uh, this October was two years that I've been in this position. Yeah. That's fantastic. So I, I played the song "Revolution" to bring us in because I think you know the. Tea Party had a revolution in 1994, mm-hmm. right? And they took over California government for a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Came out, Prop 187 was a defining yeah. moment for Latinos, yeah, I think. Pete absolutely. Wilson, that would have denied immigrants basic uh, services, education, social services, access to courts. and it. But it galvanized. It like woke up mm-hmm. a sleeping giant in California, yeah. the Latino community, yeah. like never 25 before. years ago. Yeah. 25 years ago, Republicans had half of the statewide seats. They controlled the assembly. Mm-hmm. You know, they were a, an equal, co-equal party. Prop 187 happened, and it was never the same. Yeah. Do you think that's happening? I mean, the 2018 election, the blue wave of yeah. 2018, yeah. where we took over the House of Representatives, you think it's going to continue? Yeah, I think I think so. I think, look, uh, it, you know, we honored that this past week in 25 years, and most people were saying, let's thank Pete Wilson. Let's thank Pete Wilson. Right. Because he energized the base. And so I think now folks are comparing, you know, Donald Trump, who's far worse than Pete Wilson, but comparing him nonetheless, right. is re-energizing people across women's groups, immigration yes. groups, yeah. uh, people of LGBTQ. Yeah, yeah, of course, all unions, people of color. Yeah. Unions, every, you know, possible person to come up and work against this, you know, person. Well, we have a common en- enemy. We can all see the enemy, Trump and yeah. the people. That's Stephen Miller. What is 
is he doing? He's an open white nationalist yes. in the White House, yes. coming up with policy putting children in cages, yeah. and he is uh, down the hallway from the President of the United States. It's so abhorrent. Yeah, the country Absolutely. is in serious trouble. Yeah, damn right it is, because oh. of you, Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a whole other story, man. But yeah, absolutely. I think it's re-energizing you know, a whole base of folks and getting new people more engaged in the process. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the challenge is, can the Democrats retake some of these U.S. Senate seats in Arizona? Yeah, get, yep. taking back that. Uh, well, we that, just saw that a couple of Tuesdays ago. Virginia. Virginia Flipped. went all blue, which means the Equal Rights Amendment yes. will now get another state, Yes, therefore giving us three-fourths of the states to ratify the Equal Rights exactly. Amendment. Exactly. Oh, I'm so happy yes, about that. Yes, but that's showing us what's going to happen in March and what's going to happen in November of next year. Because right. this, I think folks are finally seeing, you know, our country is at stake here and our rights are at stake here. And that's what we need to change. And so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I just don't know why people continue to cling to this con man. I, it just, I can't even understand. You know, I understand conservatives, yeah. I, and I understand. Like, I've had people I love who I differ with sure. in ideology. Maybe they're a little more hawkish on foreign policy. Maybe mm-hmm. they're a little thinking about capitalism differently than me. But how does anyone stick to this con man? I, I don't know, but you know what? <laughs> they're they're buying what he's selling. I don't including know. the log cabin Republicans, the gay Republicans. Yeah. I'm like, what are you what are you doing? But that's what Republicans do. They stick to each other. In no some matter cases, what, some Dems will turn on each other. But in this particular case, they what stick is, to each what other. What is that favorite quote by uh, uh, the singer Will Ro- uh, by, by Will Rogers? I don't belong to any oh, organized yeah, political organized. party. I'm a Democrat. Democrat. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I love that. Exactly. But uh, you know, look, I think the Democrats have realized that we were always speaking to people in their in you know in our room we forgot about people in their living rooms right mm-hmm. and that's key because you have to remember you know it's about jobs and that's what trump talked about and you know that was probably why he won he was more focused on that and we forgot you know what you know the values of the democratic party stood for and that's why we revamped ourselves and that's what we're telling people and that's how we will win you think we'll take michigan and wisconsin and pennsylvania back i think we will yeah. okay. but it, you know obviously the florida and ohio are part of that equation too but it yeah. does depend on who our nominee is i mean i was doing some of the electoral college math we only have to take two of those if we hold yeah. everything we had hold everything we from had from yeah. 2016 we only got to take two maybe michigan and pennsylvania and I think Joe Biden could do it. I mean, he's not my endorsed guy, but I think Joe Biden has a good shot. You know, like you and I were talking about, my mother believes the same thing. She says that she thinks that Joe will take it as well. And we saw that New York Times poll that showed the same thing. So, right. yeah. I mean, that's essentially the goal. But yeah. we have to unify behind one candidate. We can't fight within each other because that's why we lost it the last time. Yeah. And federal judges, Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump have rammed through 94 mm-hmm. federal judges, many of them unqualified, right-wing nationals that'll be there for the rest of their lives. Yeah. We yeah. got to stop it. We just got to stop it. And that so. starts at the top in getting rid of Trump. Yeah. Yeah. How do you engage younger people? Because, you know, young young people, let's say uh, under 30, mm-hmm. <laughs> under 30, sure. uh, communicate differently. Uh, uh, they uh, Everything is on this little device called the iPhone. Yep. Everything's social media. Everything's yep. a tweet or a post. Yeah. And, and it, maybe it's not so much the New York Times or the Washington Post or the LA Times. How, sure. How do you create an educated populace with so much competition in media. Well, I think that that's how they get their news, right? Is by Instagram, is by, you know, we're a generation of instant gratification, right? So you read the first five sentences or you, you, you know, got it. And right. so I think it's oh, about, oh, oh, okay. That was, was like, that was not my phone. I was like, is that someone's? <laughs> that's my cute little heterosexual uh, director, ha- producer having fun with the grinder sound effect. Well, no, we're messaging each other. That's what we're doing. <laughs> is that it? He's three feet away. There you go. That's just another joke. Never mind. But uh, look, I I think it's about you know using those platforms and making sure that you know yes Instagram is good but a like is not a vote 
And so we have to remember, right. like, you know, we have free community college as a reason. And that's why we're able to tell young people, if you want to go to two years of free community college, you know, this is legislators and these are people who are putting those, uh, um, uh, putting that at the forefront to be able to have us be able right. to do that and have certain rights. And, you know, that's that's what you have to remind young people as to who's bringing that for you and why we're, we're, we're yeah. able to do that. That's really actually a good point. I like is not a vote. I have a friend who has a social media following of like 50,000 people. He's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous West Hollywood model male sure. model 50 and but his posts are about him being all alone and feeling isolated and I'm like you've got 50,000 people and people you like communicate it. with him every day and he's talking about feeling isolated well, and we've created this very strange world well that's what that's that whole that's what drives me nuts about the influencer things right yes. this whole influencer thing well yeah. why don't you use that influence For to good. drive up votes and drive up and that's why I think folks are using that celebrities right I think mm. there's Michelle Obama calling folks to do that is to use your influence to power young people who follow you and trust you to say okay let's get out there and vote and why it's so important no. so but their vote does matter i think there are folks who think that it doesn't and that's the issue somebody's listening in in southern california where can they get more information about the work you all doing or if they want to get involved in campaigns or registerdp.org we also do a voter registration at the new voter registration drives that are every what wednesday i think okay yeah awesome. so lacdp.org or follow us on facebook instagram twitter we're there. I like and like <laughs> it all. Like, 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 like. Yes, yes, yes. And like it all. Exactly. Like it all. That's <laughs> awesome. That's Mark Gonzalez from the LA County Democratic Party. Thank you, Mark. Break a nail. Thank you. Have a great time at I will. the convention. It'll be fun. When we come back, we'll be talking about staying fit over the holidays with three of our LGBT athletes and a straight ally here on Channel Q. Pump it up, the tech. Technotronics. I think I said that right. Gang, we're in studio with the Phoenix Effect. We're in studio with Kristen Valiker and Jefferson Hendricks. Welcome back to the show, Thank guys. Thank you for having us. And my own trainer, TJ Wilk. TJ, welcome back to the show as well. Thank you, sir. <laughs> we uh, kind of prompted the listeners earlier that um, the holidays are coming up, which means having to talk to your Trump-supporting relatives about politics. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> I, I know. Dear God, I know. And, but it also means eating and eating badly. And, uh, so Yas Queen. Yas Queen is right. But So we thought we'd spend a little time talking about staying fit during the holidays. So, uh, all right, ladies first. Jefferson? <laughs> <laughs> that got me too. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. What, who wants to start? <clears throat> well, let Kristen start. Yeah, Kristen, you start. Let the actual ladies start. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean... Depends who you ask. However, <laughs> I would say, so we've got some really fun tips from our in-house nutritionist, Rachel, actually. But also, I would preface this all with saying, like, I think you phrased it beautifully. You're not going to get fit over the holidays. You just need to stay fit, right? So if you said your expectations realistically, you're more likely to be able to stick to a plan or whatever agreements you make with yourself. And you need to do that before you get on the plane to your aunt and uncle's house and start thinking about those red hats mm. basically like when you're in a good emotional place and you need to write them down say them on your phone in a place where you can reference them and kind of uphold them right so as long as we're kind of okay I'm in maintenance mode I'm not going to be the fittest I've ever been I'm just going to try to stay here and stay good in my body then you're going to be set up for more success yeah and people are spending a lot of time in planes and trains and mm. cars getting places, so they're not in their usual gym routine. No. Of their, you know, when they work out, getting to their gym. So what do they do when they're out in the middle of the snow in Maine? Well, I'll tell you this. At least if you're you know, driving 
somewhere, you're on an airplane or a train or something like that, one thing that you can do, I actually do it a lot, is I just tighten my abs when I'm driving. I just sit there and tighten my abs like I'm anticipating to be punched in the stomach. And you're already doing an ab exercise. Just simply by doing that, you're burning calories, you know. Um, and by the time you get to wherever you're going, your abs are going to be a little sore and tight. But you're going to be even more hungry because you just burned some calories just simply by flexing your abs for however long you can do it for. It's yeah. actually kind of a fun little game you play with yourself in the car or on the pl- airplane. How long can I flex my abs for before I give out? Yeah, officer, I am not tweeting. I am merely <laughs> flexing my abs. That is what the expression on my ex- face is about. I did not poop my pants, <laughs> officer. Not, officer. This. I am, oh, there they are. <laughs> TJ away. <laughs> Jefferson, what do you want to add to the conversation? Uh, well, I think that uh, obviously part of the challenge comes when we get to where we're going and all of the food is out. And probably a lot of our families don't eat the same way that we do. Um, I speak from experience. Chicken breast and lettuce. I mean, yes. Yeah. Broccoli yeah. too. Broccoli too. <laughs> yes. There's never any of those things in the house when I get home um, unless they're, they've been battered. And fried, right, and, right. and covered in cheese. <laughs> Wait, uh, where's home for you, Jefferson? Well, South Carolina is home, but okay. I spend the holidays in Virginia. Okay, all with, right, uh, in Virginia. Beach. And you're right; everything is deep fried in the South. Everything. Yeah. You yeah. want your salad fried? It's like no, I don't yeah. want my salad deep fried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the and the snack level is off the charts. But um, what I was going to say is. Um, you want, and this is from our amazing in-house nutrition coach. We kind of picked her brain a little bit. What, what would be like the, the the main points you would tell one of your clients? Um, eat uh, to the point where you feel about eighty percent full. Don't eat until you feel like you're going to throw up, hmm. which is super easy to do. And eat slowly. Eat slowly. Um, it's going to give you better digestion anyway. Um, you're not going to feel sick afterwards. Um, you're going to enjoy your meal, and um, you know. It's just if you we we especially when the food is really good we tend to want to just just inhale it and just sh- literally shovel it down our gullets as fast as we can. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what Thanksgiving at my house looks like. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking at a Thanksgiving spread, you got turkey, good, right? Yep. Gravy, oh, not yeah. so good. Mashed potatoes, okay. Now yeah. you're kind of pushing. I mean, cranberry sauce, probably okay. But I mean, a lot of the traditional meals around the holidays are probably not stuff we would eat normally. Right. So, um, what what does one do without being rude to your host? Like, no thanks. I'm just going to eat the turkey, only the white pieces. And uh, well, you want to practice in portion control first of all. Yeah, your don't plate, be extreme. You can still have places where you can see the plate underneath the food. Oh, see, I never do that. And you can that. sample things, too. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. you don't just say completely no to something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I mean, have a little bit of everything, but in like in moderation. Yeah. What about alcohol? High in calories? High in calories, high in sugar. Um, you know, again, it's moderation. You know, just don't inhale it. Just, you know, small sips, enjoy. You know, Thanksgiving should be more about the food anyway, not so much the alcohol and just the, you know, spending time with your family and loved ones. Um, so, and I guess for you, if that means getting drunk, then have at it. But, you know, just don't don't uh, don't go crazy. I think, too, like in, you know, the idea of like creating a plan and sticking to it, a good rule is, all right, on Thanksgiving, that actual night, I'm going to have two drinks. I'm going to have three drinks total. And you're like actually measuring out, you know, if it's wine or something that's not pre-made um, or in finite container this is what I'm going to do I'm going to stick to it too mm. and then uh, on the alcohol and on like the splurging with actual food front 
don't starve yourself before people love to do that to oh, like yeah, save room yeah. but you're gonna make the worst choices imaginable totally. yep. and you might say something you regret <laughs> that's the alcohol that's flowing too much too right. <laughs> pass the gravy mofo <laughs> yeah. well, we, were, we were actually joking in the car about uh, there are a lot of us uh, in our in our crowds who will be going home to um, Trump supporting families right and you may be more likely to guzzle as much booze as possible <laughs> to deal with in it. that yeah. situation I don't drink but I would love to get drunk to deal with right. my uncle so yeah. so that's something else to keep in mind find another outlet to deal with your with your uh you can't use logic different. or fact, by the way. I've discovered those with Trump supporters. Logic and fact do not work. Yeah. No, those, well, don't, like, those don't work any better than you getting hammered. Yeah, and getting hammered isn't going to expedite the impeachment process. <laughs> it's just no. going to make you feel not so good the next day. Every Our country is in serious it trouble. It is because of you. Because of you, sir. Every January, uh, I, I, so I have, I've been working out in the gym over 20 years. My gym is closing, guys. I'm heartbroken about it. We're going to find a new home. Oh, right, yeah. We, there's, we have options. Anyway. Lots of options. I notice every January the gyms suddenly get packed mm-hmm. with people. Yeah, and then by, resolutions. by March it's they're they're all gone. If somebody is thinking about getting healthy January three or right after the holidays, what recommendations would you give to stick to it? And, well, okay, and here's not the thing: New Year's resolution. start getting in shape before the holidays. That way, you already have the habits. That's a novel idea, TJ. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, like today, for instance, we're talking about Thanksgiving. What is that? A few weeks away? Two. Yeah. two oh, two weeks away. So you have two weeks to get on a treadmill or get on a, a recumbent bike or get outside and do some jogging, whatever you're capable of doing cardio wise, and start getting your heart rate up, start burning those fat, you know, the calories and start getting in better shape so that when you do go to, you know, home to the holidays and enjoy Thanksgiving, you can actually enjoy it without feeling so guilty because you're already ahead of the game, so to speak, Mm. of getting in shape. Mm -hmm. And then obviously after the Thanksgiving meal, you're going to come back home and you're going to already have a regiment that you've started. So the habit's there. And then Christmas comes around. And again, you're going to, most families tend to have another Thanksgiving type of dinner around Christmas too. Uh, at least at my, we do in my family. And Christmas tamales in my family. Yeah, <laughs> other other <laughs> yeah. celebratory holidays. But um, big meals always follow those. So, you know, you always want to make sure you're sort of ahead of the curve there. So let me ask, I want to ask uh, Jefferson and, and Kristen, women and gay men have a lot of body image issues. What? Yes. This is the first I'm hearing of Shocking, right? Shocking. I thought I was the only one. Shocking. Women what about the have... straight world? Oh, come Hello. on. Have you seen... Okay, no offense to the two straight men in the room, but straight men will show up with a beer belly and just rest their beer on their belly and not feel anything about it. Those are the Trump supporters. Yeah, not all straight guys. I, I know. I know. Okay, and obviously you and Jason are two of the exceptions. We are both very much the exception. Okay. I did not mean to sound heterophobic. Okay, you're doing a lot of squats today. I know. It's leg day. It's walking lunch day. Okay, so, but I mean, a lot of, I think, gay men and lesbians and some straight friends as well, um, walking into a gym is like the most intimidating thing because Mm -hmm. you see all these people in excellent shape and I'm feeling like I don't look like that. Yeah. I'm feeling really uncomfortable here. I feel less than. I'm feeling some self-worth issues. I don't want to do this. I, I, I don't want to be here. For sure. It can make everything even more daunting. Um, one thing I like to remind myself of and everyone, by the way, I'm a woman. I don't know if you guys figured that out, but I'm also a former ballerina. Um, 
and I grew up in that world starting at the age of two so I am very immersed in like all the psychoses and neuroses that can happen around body image and they're all the root of all of them is a comparison mm -hmm. right and the fact of the matter is is we all live in our own unique bodies so any comparison is actually a false comparison so one way to combat this is with the logic of this is literally not my body. I'm not this person. Uh, and you need to figure out, you know, uh, piggybacking on TJ's um, commentary about creating a routine. Routine is essential. So is having goals, right? You can't just be like, I'm doing this to do this. or I'm doing this because I want to look like that guy over there. That's not real. That's not a thing. That's You can't make that happen. So you need to have goals that are just specific to you because your body is specific to you. And that's the only body you get to work with, really. We have to go to commercial break. When we come back, We'll be talking to TJ and Jefferson about their ballerina days here <laughs> on Channel Q. Gonna make you sweat, CNC Music Factory. We are in studio with three physical fitness experts, TJ Wolk, Kristen Valiker, and Jefferson Hendricks, talking about staying in shape up over the holidays. What, uh, you know, I, I think, okay, everybody wants to look, well, like you guys, everybody wants to look muscular and cut at the same time. What is the proper like, combination of cardio, eating right, working out? Is there a proper combination? I, I think it varies by person, but um, I would say overwhelmingly what I have found to be the case in people of all ages, experience levels, um, really any kind of way you could cut a population is strength training needs to be like the most common thing that you're doing especially as we age after the age of 26 our bodies naturally want to atrophy and lose muscle right and muscle is the key to having a high metabolism it's the key to having some shape to your body so when you do lose body fat you're revealing structure right that's what people consider like toned or strong um, so I would say these things are all really important and a given body is going to have a different combination but strength training Training is essential to be like at the cornerstone of a good fitness program. Hmm. Uh, Jefferson, same thing for men. You, I, I guess I think Kristen's advice is for both women and men. Mine's I, for like any gender. Every, everyone yeah. needs muscle. Yeah, yeah. But diet, diet also is a huge component. Like if you're eating a super crap diet, then you're going to have a much harder time revealing these muscles that Kristen speaks of, and um, you know you're going to carry extra weight that you don't want to carry and right or, or if you don't eat enough you're not going to be able to add too. muscle because it yeah. gets harder every year we're on this planet right yeah <clears throat> it really just depends on what your goals are you know i mean based on what your fitness goals are you're going to have to tailor a strength training program you're going to have to tailor your nutrition program and certainly a cardiovascular program which i think is also very important because that's we're talking about heart strength and, and heart health is that's what cardio is it's it's about your heart so you want to make sure that along with your strength training and along with your nutrition program that you have a good cardiovascular strength training program as well hmm. i have to confess my diet to tj when i see him so i'm like i had protein yes, today i had a filet of fish sandwich god i and hate that skittles. conversation <laughs> skittles <laughs> Okay, gang, Skittles and filet of fish should not be on anybody's diet. No, that's not. No. See, you're, you're behaving like a Trump supporter when you do things like that. Oh. oh. You know, it was, the, it was the heterosexual thing. That's so yeah. That really bothered you. Today. All right, thank Sorry. you. He'll be here all Sorry. week. I'm He'll here, be here all, all week. week. Tip your bartenders. All week. That's so funny. I, I think that, um, you know, people heading into the holidays, part of it, too, is the mental distress. I mean, let's face it. You're rushed. You're hurried. you got to shop. 
stop. You got to talk to people you don't want to. That's and, and I think a lot. I'll, I'll start with myself. I don't drink alcohol or do drugs anymore. So the way I respond to that is I eat mm-hmm. badly. I eat badly, like sugar. Yeah, like Dr. Pepper. That'll yeah. fix and also it. too, like the holidays aren't exactly a fun time for everybody. Right. Not sure. everybody has a close family, right. or maybe there's some horrible thing that happened around the holidays that they, you know, that they hold on to. That's hard for them to get past, and so they eat to sort of. You know, or or drink or whatever it is they do. So the holidays aren't exactly a happy time for everybody. Right. But I will say, um, getting in the gym and working out and doing your cardiovascular strength, you know, all that it's it's therapy. Hmm. Whether you're a happy person or not, you know, it's it's a great place to go to release the stress and um, get in better shape, take better care of yourself. The habits that you form for yourself go beyond the gym. They actually apply to lots of other areas in your life. So it's a great place to go. Um, and again, especially during the holidays, because you know you're going to be eating a ton of food. And so. working out produces endorphins. Yes, which it does. makes you happy. That's right. right. It's a stress. Your brain chemistry for the better. It's a stress if, if you're traveling somewhere where there literally isn't a gym or there's not one that you can access or you don't have transportation while you're there. Um, our nutrition coach, Rachel, has some tips for you, um, which include actually being, uh, I interpret this as a really great house guest. So cleaning up, so just staying really active. I was going to say, just throw furniture. Throw yeah. furniture or make beds. I mean, however you want to phrase yeah. it. Getting out of the house, going for a walk or a run. Mm. Or a sprint away from a conversation yes. you didn't want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I, like you know, just doing burpees, just some kind of release for the body. Burping. Burping. Living room. There'll be lots. I mean, of everyone does that, right? Okay, bicep <laughs> tips on the coffee table. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I don't think most people. I know what a burpee is, but what is a burpee? Oh, it's. Uh, I think the Spice Girl said it best. <laughs> Slam your body down and wind it all around. No, you kind of. In a controlled but quick way, let your the front of your body reach the floor. Then you jump up quickly and high, and you clap for yourself once over your head because you just did something cool. It's like Saturday night to me. Yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah. It's it actually like my go-to Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, Saturday night. Ooh, good job. Yeah. <laughs> All right, traditional push-ups are good, I assume. Sure. Sit-ups, things Sit-ups, you can do crunches, with just yeah. your body. Body squats, even just yeah. sit, sitting up and sitting down on a on a uh, on a couch. Just do that repeatedly. Walking lunges yeah. while walking the dog. Yeah. <laughs> the dog's going to hate that. The, the dog, dog will, will hate, hate that. that. Yeah. yeah. The dog will hate that. Mm-hmm. But I guess the point is you can maintain your physical Shovel health. It's snow. not impossible. Yeah. yeah. Shovel snow. Shovel snow. I think a lot of people go into this being like, ah, it's a wash. Or like, ah, it's over. This isn't like, I'm going to free fall it. Well, I think that's the attitude, yeah. for, including myself. Like, okay, I'm just going to eat like what I want to eat, get through December, and then yeah. I'll fix it in January. Yeah, yeah. but then yeah. think about future you. You're going to be so mad at past you. So filled with like regret. And then in the process, too, like you, I'm speaking from my own experience, you can build up like shame around like what you're even doing in that moment, you know? And it just makes for a negative relationship with yourself that you then have to like work on extra. Mm. Um, in addition to working on like the exterior. Yeah. Right. Right, right. And that's why I'm encouraging you guys to start working out now. Like mm-hmm. after this program, join a gym if you haven't and just start getting in there and doing what, you know, a cardio program. Meet with a trainer at your gym and just get get on a program. Yeah, and that's trainer, the way it is. That's the way it is. That's the way trainer it is. like TJ Welk or Phoenix Effect and Kristen Valak or Yeah, you want to take some that's fun right. classes with fun people and you live in LA. Yeah. I know a place. Cheat day. Is that a real thing? Up. 
cheat day? I don't think day is a successful <laughs> uh, time right. increment for like deviating from like your regimented successful eating structure. I think a cheat meal is cool. Um, where your your macros are a little off, caloric intake a little bit off, feeling like you're indulging, but it, a whole day of that could descend into madness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Yeah. We have and less than a minute left. Where can people find out more about Phoenix Effect and then about TJ Woke? Phoenix? You can find us on Instagram at, at the Phoenix Effect, and we're offering all of the listeners today a free 30 minute nutritional consult with our in house nutrition coach, Rachel. Rachel. Who Rachel. Rachel. All day. Oh, it's like she's here. <laughs> you she can just email person. her at Rachel at Phoenix. PhoenixEffectLA.com. So Rachel is not Jefferson's drag name. It's an actual... It also is. I've seen them in the same room, the which same. is the only reason I'm going to affirm that statement. <laughs> Slide into our DMs and we will hook you up with Rachel. Yeah. And TJ Wilk, where? Yeah, you can find me at TJ Wilk Official uh, on Instagram. Okay. There we go. Gang, when we come back, we'll have concluding remarks. Thank you, Jefferson, Kristen, Thank TJ. You, Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. Yes. All right. And I'll see you for legs at four. Yes, you will, sir. <laughs> Harley you Skittles. Coming, man. <laughs> All right. When we come back, concluding remarks here on Channel Q. Gang, we are back, and I still have in studio Jefferson Hendrick, Kristen Valiker, and TJ Will, because we can't get enough about talking about Stan Fit. And Jarrett Hill just walked in. <laughs> I did. I am I feel so insecure right now amongst all of you muscle people, because oh. you know you're like a big muscle daddy. Yeah. Oh, I love, thank you. And, I mean, <laughs> muscles everywhere. It's ridiculous in here. Yas queen. Yas queen. So, <laughs> tell us about uh, your holiday traditions. My holiday traditions? Yeah, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, I'm a big friend. I'm a big fan of Friendsgiving. I love having yes. friends over and doing that. And I also I love it because I feel like there's always living in a big city. There's always plenty of people who aren't from the area, and they're like by themselves. And like it's always great to be able to kind of be with other people. Yeah. So I love that for Friendsgiving. I just started decorating my house for Christmas last year. Okay, that's sick. It's not even December. No, 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 no. I'm saying last year was the first time uh-huh. I decorated my house. <laughs> that's a real no, 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 no. I'm saying oh, I have year. a friend who's already put his tree up. <gasps> yeah, 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 so do I. What's wrong with That's people? Insane. Yeah. So I, last year, I was dating a guy who was really into Christmas, and so I was like, oh, let's decorate the house. And so I decorated, I bought a, a fake tree and all that. I haven't put it out, and I, I don't know if it's going to be triggering to pull out the tree again this year. You don't do the, Kwan- <laughs> the Kwanzaa thing, though, do you? Um, kind of. You do? A little bit. December 26th? You know. Yeah. I mean, I don't do, like, all the days or anything. You don't call on Ujima, call on Koanawa. Ujima's really the only thing that... You see? Look at me. Yeah. I know a little bit about Look Kwanzaa. Look at you. Look at me. All right. You know, I'm 12% black, according to uh, my DNA. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm... Uh, Fascinated by that. <laughs> <laughs> You're 100 percent fascinated. Yeah, I'm 100 percent that bitch and 100 percent fascinated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I did my my ancestry and I found out um, I'm I'm way more African than I even thought I would be because I'm pretty fair skinned and freckle faced. So like I thought, oh, there's probably a good amount of mix in here, but I'm like 82 percent African. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. I, mine's Northern Africa. Really? To 23 and Me. Yeah. I'm Western Africa according to 23 and Me. Oh. Yeah. I'm not how much African. African. How much African are you? <laughs> Zero. Yeah. I did. I did ancestry and twenty three me, and it turns out I'm extremely white. Yes. Really? Incredibly. No yeah. one saw that coming. No. I, did. I was shocked. <laughs> shocked, I tell you. Wow. Well, we were talking about people staying in fit and bad habits around the holidays before you walked into the room. John. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. I know. So How much time do we have? I'm happy <laughs> We've got about four minutes. How many bad habits you got over oh. the holidays? My, I, I, 
I'm an overeater, and so like the holidays are just awful for that. Yeah, we. And talk. so I I really tend to go hard, and like I'm like, oh yeah, I should put a vegetable on my plate today, and then <laughs> like we'll remember that and like steam some broccoli or something. Oh, okay. But generally, like I'm like all sides, all sides, and like it's always like bad stuff that you shouldn't probably be binging on, mm. and I'll eat it. All day too. See, I consider Skittles a diet food because they're <laughs> so small. They're tiny. You think of them as speed or something yeah. like like they get you really hyped. I tell TJ I only had a bag of Skittles today. Of oh, you know what he told me? If was it a couple months ago? You you bought like two five pound bags of runts. Oh my god! Oh, but runts are oh amazing. I love runts. Yeah, but five pounds, ten pounds, ten pounds of runts. The post Halloween candy sales are. I was deadly. gonna say, did you get a good deal? <laughs> I did. I yeah. got it on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. I got yeah. Two five pound he had me throw them all out oh. so. absolutely you, man yeah. goals baby My yeah. God. honestly goals. like I before I lift will eat maybe a tiny packet of jelly beans mm. for carb stores because I'm just they're gonna go Sugar. right to my muscles I'm gonna use them yeah. so if you have leftover Halloween candy like those little bite sized chocolate yeah. bars for, for whatever mm-hmm. you eat that right before you lift that's Awesome. Oh my yep. God, I'm so happy you guys are here right now. Okay, because I work out <laughs> after my show, right? We get off the air at two o'clock today, and I'm always like, if I'm going to eat lunch, I feel like I should eat it because I don't want to be hungry when I'm working out. Right, no. Sure. But like, how far in advance should I be eating before I work 45 out? 45 minutes. Yeah, Take solid food, okay. 45 minutes, up to like two hours even. But like, yeah. So if I ate at noon and then went and worked out at like 2.15, that's too far apart. You would need yeah. something else, Wait, like yeah. maybe like, like, a, like protein a protein shake. A half a banana, something that's solid that your mm. body can really digest that yeah. will give you, you know, a good amount well, of Because I brought lunch. Energy. I have like chili and rice today. So I'm like, if I eat that two hours in advance... Is that too far away? It'll yeah. be digested, but you might need totally. to supplement it with something. Yeah, I'll need to get something else before. Like, but yeah. small. Like, if you do like a protein shake, it's more bioavailable more quickly because it's liquid. Like, you don't it's have to go through all the steps. Bioavailable. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that was my nickname in college. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait. Oh but God. what if I what if I just push the chili to like one o'clock? Fine. That'll be good for two fifteen workout. Yeah. 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 All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Done. I'm I'm trying to like uh, reduce body fat, increase my muscle mass. Because I got it. Last year was a hard year, and mm. a lot of body changes last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to like you know get myself back together. Good for Where you. are all you people when I need you? Well, that's why we've been here. sitting right here. <laughs> we've been here the whole time. It's like we've been here for the whole day. <laughs> are, you, are you doing cardio? Um, yes, I'm doing cardio. I just started back to spin, which kicked my whole ass. Oh, great. I was sweat. I, I was telling the story on our show. I did spin and then had to go right to a date afterward, and like Ooh. my body temperature did not go it down. Could not. And I was like, <laughs> luckily I knew the person, but I was like sweating bullets for like the first ten or fifteen minutes. I was like, I'm so sorry. I just came from a from a spin class. It's not nervousness. It was really weird. So, yeah. You don't intimidate me. I'm just still over here. Exactly. It was right. just, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not a tweaker. I'm not a tweaker, right. I'm, and then I went to the, I was like, let me go to the bathroom. And I went into the bathroom and I wasn't sweating quite as badly as I thought I was. But like spin class, like my body temperature, mm-hmm. I took a shower, tried to cool down, did not work. Yeah. And I'm still, still sweating. So. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked out though. I have to tell you, black community food is so good and oh. everything is fried. I love Not everything. Just about. No, there's a, we candy. have. Candy. I've, I've, I've had, had fried a lot. ice cream. Yeah. yeah, fried ice cream is good. <laughs> but that's not black. That's like, isn't that like native? I don't know what it is. I think fried ice cream. cream. I've actually had that at like places I've had sushi. Like tempura yeah, ice yeah. cream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. What do they call that? Tempura um, ice cream. 
No, well, there's another name that I've heard for it too. But yes, it's really, really good. Yeah, like a ball of ice cream, and it's like oh, in its own little case. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. My guilty pleasure, Popeyes. Popeyes. Have you had the sandwich? No, you haven't had the sandwich. It's had the sandwich worth dying for. Oh, it really wow. is. I mean, mind you, someone did die, but like I, <laughs> exactly. But I, um, <laughs> we've done it on our show when it first came out, and then we had it again. I've had five of them um, over the course of. Many many months. Stop uh, I was judging. Say, this That's... morning, exactly. I my my friend went last night, and I was like, I really want one, but I'm not even hungry. But so I didn't do it. Be proud of me. Applaud. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I can't believe you guys are clapping. I hate you so much right now. Um, but no, I love the audience I, is clapping. Exactly. Oh, I hate you, Jason. Um, but yeah, no, the Popeyes chicken sandwich is. Uh, I, has anyone else? Had no, it? I no, I have not to had it. Try. Well, where's? I don't know where the closest. Pie Pies is. Uh, I want to try this sandwich. Sunset and Hollywood. Vine. Sunset, yeah, and Hollywood. Hollywood. Sunset and Vine? That's an awful location, but yeah. it'll work. Yeah, it'll work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, as long as no really one's easy. getting cut or they're not cooking them over a, a trash can. <laughs> well, listen, you I'm can't good. ask for too much, okay? <laughs> listen, if you want the sandwich, you want the sandwich. I'm very demanding. Maybe Uber there so you can okay. get dropped off right. <laughs> oh, yeah, Uber eats it. <laughs> we got to wrap up. Thank for another sidebar. Next up, Jared and Allie. Yes. Have a great show. Thank you. Everybody have a great weekend. It's been fun.